Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee doesn't mess around. The GOP is going for the jugular right now. They are like, okay, you know what? Two can play this game. You want to bog us down in crazy stuff and keep going after Trump from, you know, here to Sunday. Well, guess what? We can make things kind of ugly, too. Not just for Hunter Biden. Well, maybe this will involve Hunter Biden. We don't know. We shall see. They want the Epstein logs. We're going to get into it. Plus, Joe Manchin, might he run for president? And might that really screw up the Democrats' hopes in 2024? And I I don't know. Did you guys see that little uh, circus show, that little debate that was happening? The GOP can't even get the main frontrunner, Donald Trump, to show up, obviously. You know, I I understand why he's not going. Anyway, um, it was still somewhat entertaining, and that is thanks to Vivek Ramaswamy, who uh, came out with a few choice comments. Uh, Well, I got to play some highlights for you. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the U.N. Bankrupt or in debt was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first? Or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you said it. Anyway, we're going to get into that and more. I am Trish Regan. This is the Trish Regan Show. Thank you for being here. This is a live edition, so I'm watching your comments as they come in. Don't forget to subscribe. We're brought to you, as always, by LegacyPMInvestments.com. If you're worried about inflation, looking to diversify, these are the guys to call. 1-866-589-0560. 1-866-589-0560. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's start here on the Epstein stuff. So you know Jeffrey Epstein, right? He was uh, the rather, um, well, questionable individual that wound up in a whole lot of trouble. And there's a lot of suspicious stuff and allegations around how he managed to, in fact, die in that prison cell. I mean, and and it's just kind of weird, right? Because, you know, there's suddenly no tape, no real logs, no real information, There's also all the speculation that maybe he was working for Israeli intelligence. Maybe he was working for Israeli and U.S. intelligence. We don't know. All right. We don't know. We just know that this was like an uber connected guy who had apparently a a pretty sick fetish. And there were a lot of uber connected people that somehow wound up in his presence and on his plane to the uh, Lolita Island, as they have referred to it in the past. And there's questions, right? Like multiple, multiple, multiple questions. Like how, how did this go undetected for so long? How is it that people still wound up doing business with him? How is it that these were like the kings of industry that were doing business with him? And well, Bill Clinton, <laughs> all right? So I think that some Republicans, and I include Marsha Blackburn in that group, the senator out of Tennessee, who's just really just such a pistol and so terrific and has done so much to try and stand up for young women and women in general, and I give her so much credit for that. She's a frequent guest on the show. Anyway, she is like, you know what? You guys want to bog us down in this nonsense? Or you want to keep going after Trump with silly stuff? Well, we can play that game too. So let me share with you the statement that Marsha Blackburn just issued here today. This is breaking. She writes, 
this is from her office. If Democrats want to take up the committee's time with investigations, we can go there. And since we're in the business of issuing subpoenas now, here are a few more that I've filed. Marsha Blackburn writes, quote, a subpoena to Jeffrey Epstein's estate to provide the flight logs for his private plane. Given the numerous allegations of human trafficking and abuse surrounding Mr. Epstein, we've got to identify everyone who could have participated in his horrific conduct. Wow. Now we're talking, right? Like things are about to get pretty interesting there. It's so messed up. Like it's so disturbing, right? Like what we've learned about the world in the last however many years, what we've learned about Hunter Biden and his Clearly, you know, lack of ethics. And I'm going to say that because some of this is just out there. Like, we don't even have to say allegations, right? We know that the guy never registered as a foreign agent. We know that he was taking money from foreign sources. And we know that he had a history of, I'm being kind here and trying to keep it clean, indiscretion, shall we say, of, well, certain nature. And that a lot of this money went to that. I mean, this is really complicated. The question is, I guess I would be asking, could Hunter have been involved in any of that with Epstein? I don't know. I mean, there's there's so much that needs to be looked at. I'd also like to know while we're at it, like how all these how all these Congress people and all these senators get to invest in whatever they want to. Don't seem to have any guidelines around any of that when the rest of the world actually does. I mean, it's like there's this two like different standards, right? Totally, totally different standards. And if you're in government, you can get away with, ooh, a whole lot of really, really bad stuff. But if you're any normal Joe Schmo, forget about it. And so I like that Marsha is playing tough. I mean, she is a tough cookie. And she wants to get to the bottom of all of this, but simultaneously not waste everyone's time. I mean, I think that's sort of the highlight of what has happened. When you look at what's going on with Donald Trump and the judge today now saying, yeah, you know what, we're not going to hold off or let you know you, you wait until after the election for any of these documents that are sealed to come out. And that's fine. I mean, I would just point out that every single time they do this, what happens? Oh, people rally around Trump because the average American doesn't like where this is headed or where this is going. Now, do they? Right. Jonathan, right? Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. I see that. Joe, hello to all of you as well. It's again a live show in today's edition of the program. We're usually live here. Subscribe if you haven't already. You guys are helping to grow this channel viewer by viewer by viewer up to over 240 there on Facebook. We are live on Facebook. We're live right here on YouTube where gosh darn it, I think we're at like 160 something. So I know Don's been keeping track. I appreciate that, Don. Very, very much so. Anyway, that is a big story today, and I would like to see that happen because I'd like to know who was on those flights. Now, not to say that everybody's guilty, right? And that's, don't, we can't imply that or suggest that, but it would be interesting to see who he was most involved with. I mean, we know some of the players. There's that Jess Stanley, who used to be over at Barclays, who used to be over at J.P. Morgan. There's a lawsuit, actually, that just surfaced in the last couple of days about that, where investors are like, hey, like, why didn't anybody check this out? Why didn't anybody like really do the due diligence to understand that Jess was still involved with Epstein, even though he had already gotten on all the legal trouble he had been in? So like, people were still willing to do business with him. Well, why were they willing to do business with him? What was so compelling, or was it, you know... I, I don't even want to say, like I said, you know, like, let's keep a certain decorum. You know what, you, you know what I'm talking about. 
Anyway, um, that's a biggie. Marsha is not going to mess around. She is totally fearless. And I love it. And I love her for that. Turning to another story, and that would be the GOP debate that wasn't. The other night, were you watching NBC? Everybody's like, oh my gosh, Trisha, I didn't even know there was a debate. Exactly. I'm with you. I, I was like, you know, and I'm in this business. You didn't see anything about it, right? Because nobody cares. Because the guy who's actually the front runner isn't going to be there. Because you got an RNC that clearly can't put one foot in front of the other. And I say that because just look at the eight governor races, the three Senate seats, the 19 House seats, the presidential race, and then what happened in Ohio, Kentucky, and Virginia the other night. And you you got a situation where you're starting to say the management clearly of the Republican Party just isn't there. The messaging just isn't there. The money's not going to the right places. Now, is it right? Because if it was, well, you should be winning. Right. That's the goal. You want to win elections. And as much as they want to say, oh, you know, it's Donald Trump's fault. I don't think so. I mean, he's not on the ballot right in these governor races or with these Senate seats. I mean, the presidential race, that's something else. And the other thing I'd add to this is everybody's complaining and you look at like, for example, what happened in Bridgeport, Connecticut, outside of New York City in that Tony County, Fairfield County, Connecticut. Well, in Bridgeport, the Democrat mayoral race, everybody's still hanging on pins and needles because the judge had to reverse all that because guess what? They found evidence, video evidence, of people stuffing ballot boxes. And then on election day, you had a couple of precinct members both arrested at the polls. I mean, it's like crazy town. And that was actually not for any allegations of stuffing ballot boxes. That was because in that particular case, apparently they they got kind of out of line and allegedly one of them might have like hit or punched or had some kind of altercation with an elderly woman. I'm like, "This this is getting a little strange. But I would just say, if you're the RNC, you got to be anticipating this. You got to be saying, okay, you got to run five steps ahead of the Democrats, right? If they're going to be out there handing out absentee ballots, and guess what? Two can play that game legally, by the way, legally. We'll do it legally. And you got to get everybody registered and everybody to the polls. And if we're going to do absentee ballots, then gosh darn it, do it, okay? Rana, do it. Rana Romney. McDaniels. Her problem, I think, is that she's trying to be all things to all people. And there's the donor class where she's getting the money. And then there's the sort of MAGA group that is also providing a lot of money, but not necessarily to the RNC specifically, right? More of that is just going straight to Trump. And I I think she's caught between a rock and a hard place there, and she doesn't really kind of know which way to go. She can't get Trump to show up at the debates. And so they have these debates. And Vivek, (laughs) Vivek Ramaswamy also has been on this show a few times, who's very smart. I, I would say I like him a ton, but he's young and he's still got sort of a ways to go. But I like the energy that he's injecting into all of this. And I love that he's calling people out because one of the problems that we have in politics is that everybody's bought and sold, right? Whether it's via Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, whether it's the big donor class. And we got to get away from that because we need individuals with actual conviction and authenticity that will do something do something for the country that feel a responsibility to give back. Vivek went on to this debate stage, which everybody assumed would be just totally boring. And it basically was, except for him. So this is like the kids' table, because none of these people are going to be president. I mean, maybe sort of they're auditioning for VP, but I don't even see that playing out. And Vivek took total aim at the moderators, at the RNC, 
at the system that politics has become. It was absolutely positively epic. I want to share it with you here right now. Watch Vivek Ramaswamy and the moderator's reaction. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We're a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020. 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with a Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. And they're going to rig this election. Your time is accountability. up. Let me turn That's to Governor, Governor Christie. Why you? Lesser Holt to the rescue there, huh? Kristen couldn't uh, fire back. I mean, he had a point, right? You got to admit. You really think that Lester Holt and Kristen Walker, Welker, whatever, have the, frankly, the, the intelligence and the authenticity, right? Because they've scripted all their little questions down to be able to respond to any of this, to be able to ask the right questions, to be able to really be provocative in the ways that need to be done right now. I'd like to see people who have a real knowledge of everything from international affairs to business to just, you know, man on the street reaction. I mean, I thought his suggestions were pretty good. Joe Rogan, he gets the man on the street, right? He knows how everyday Americans are feeling. Elon Musk, you're not going to get smarter than Elon. I'm sorry. Like I have, you know, I realize, you know, he's a polarizing character for some people, but the guy is brilliant. And he has seen things before anyone, including the importance of having some energy alternatives in the future, including, by the way, the importance of maybe taking us all to Mars one day because, you know, we got a situation that's leading towards World War III or who knows what, right, here on Earth. That And then, you know, Tucker's just plain old provocative and therefore interesting. I would add that you need somebody who understands business as well, right? Mm-mm. Someone who really understands the economy. I mean, Elon's in that, but... I would love him to be asking them about technology. I mean, we need smart people. We need smart people asking the questions. I'm sorry, Lester and Kristen, they do not cut it. She couldn't even respond. Lester had to jump in. She just sat there and smiled like a bump on a log. That is not who should be testing these candidates. We need someone who's just sort of operating at a different level, on a different playing field. And we don't have that. We don't have that in the field. We don't have that 
in the moderators. And so consequently, we're just like sinking to the bottom, lowest common denominator. And what I like about Vivek, and again, he's not perfect, but what I like about him is that he's not bought and sold. I mean, granted, I think he had a scripted line or two. The, 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 the Cheney in, in three-inch heels was great, right? Did you guys see that one? He's like, how is this any different? And, and by the way, <laughs> the joke was, listen to this. He says, we got a few of those Cheneys on stage because that was a direct ding at Ron DeSantis, who allegedly, per some of the rumors, is wearing some kind of lifts or something in his shoe to, to give him a little bit more height. <laughs> anyway, watch. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the U.N. Bankrupt or in debt is, was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first? Or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. Ramaswamy. we've got two of them on stage. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. Senator, uh, Senator Scott. Two of them. We got two. We got Ron DeSantis and we got Nikki Haley. Look, I, I will say this. Nikki's grown on me. She's growing in New Hampshire as well and the people there, the live free or die state. I just can't get away from the fact that somebody is a career politician. I think that just like fundamentally that bugs me. It really bugs me. Because the career politicians that we've seen, they really haven't led us in the right direction. They're too beholden what? Oh, to special interests. And so when I look back on the Trump administration's policies and sort of his just natural gut reaction to a lot of things, granted, I mean, yeah, there were a lot of mean tweets. There was a lot of un, quote unquote unpresidential behavior. There was a lot of giving it back to the media face to face, right? Like, it, let's just face it, like Biden, Obama, they didn't do it in the same way. They certainly gave it back, but it was behind closed doors as opposed to face-to-face. I mean, that's one of the funny things about everybody's like, oh, you know, he was controlling the media. No, he wasn't controlling the media because the media was like really nasty to him. And yes, he was nasty back, but it was all out in the open for you to see, not behind closed doors. And so when I look at the stable of people, it's like, okay, Chris Christie's bought and paid for. Nikki Haley, yeah, she knows a thing or two, right? Because she, she was over at the UN, yippee. Um, But I'm not convinced that she is her own person. Consider what she said on CNN the other day. I played the clip for you where she was asked about, well, can we bring in the Palestine refugees? And she was like, well, yes, you know, as America, like we have a history of being able to separate the bad people from the good people. Well, that's not so incredibly easy to do. No, not so incredibly easy to do at a time like this, knowing sort of what the Palestine Palestinian people have been brought up with, they don't have Israel in the textbooks, right? In school in Palestine, even if they have the schools, because none of the money actually goes to helping that population, only to continuing this hate, which isn't really working, right? The two-state solution isn't really a solution when one of the parties, and that would be Palestine, doesn't want a two-state solution because they lose all political power, right? Their base is invested in this idea of we hate Israel. And at the same time, Nikki Haley, let me remind you what Christopher Ray is saying. Now, I, I know we're no like huge fans of Christopher Ray, but these are his words. He's pointing out that we have to be cautious about Hamas-style attacks. So I would just say, why are you going to invite the Palestinian refugees here of all places? But as I said a few moments ago, 
on top of the homegrown violent extremists and domestic violent extremist threat, we also cannot and do not discount the possibility that Hamas or another foreign terrorist organization may exploit the current conflict to conduct attacks here on our own soil. We have kept our sights on Hamas and have multiple ongoing investigations into individuals affiliated with that foreign terrorist organization. Rashida, I wonder. <laughs> I'm kidding. But not entirely. I mean, Rashida Tlaib has made it very clear where her allegiance is. This is a member of Congress, ladies and gentlemen. Ilhan Omar, same sort of thing. And so now you're seeing this division. The guy, uh, Jamal Bowman, as well. You're seeing this division, which really shouldn't exist, right, within the Democrat Party, because they're all like, oh, wait a second, we've got to stand with Palestine, we've got to stand with Hamas. You're going to stand with Hamas, a terror organization? An organization, by the way, deemed by the U.S. government to, in fact, be exactly that. Like, let's just cut straight to the chase. You, you really shouldn't be a member of government and supporting a terrorist organization. And yet that is what Rashida Tlaib is in fact doing, and she's bummed out because, oh gosh, she gets censured for it, as she should be, right? Come on, I mean, crying on the floor, all upset because she can't stand with Hamas? I, I don't think so. You know, we, we got, we got some, some issues. And the Democrat Party has these issues. Let's be very, very clear. The Democrats, given this problem now, and given where the sentiment is for the entire country, I think Americans are looking at it and saying, look, you know, yeah, they're going after Israelis first, but the infidel is still us. They don't like us. So why would we be bringing them here to our country at a time like this? I remember when they were looking to bring Syrian refugees here. And the Democrats in New Hampshire, the Democrats, meaning, you know, you got Gene Shaheen and Maggie Hassan, they're like, uh-uh, no way, not coming to New Hampshire. We want to be realistic about this. So it's not, this is not a, it doesn't need to be a partisan thing. This just needs to be a common sense thing. And there seems to be this lack of common sense within the Democrat Party and with, of course, Joe Biden, who can't manage the Democrat Party, which is why today we're hearing Joe Manchin may be throwing his hat in the ring. Now that's really freaking him out. Oh my gosh. I'd actually really love to see that. Joe Manchin running for president. Can you? And he'd be running as a third party candidate. And the Democrats are like, no, can't happen. No way, no how, because you see, that would really cut into Biden and therefore help Trump. And they're not willing to let Trump win at all. So here's the headline in the Wall Street Journal today Will Joe Manchin? Run for president. So that the big news is, right, he's not going to run for Senate again. This is the senator from West Virginia. He's really been known for being a centrist. He he cares about the coal miners, for example, right? But he's still a Democrat. So he's kind of, you know, he is a centrist. I would say of all the Democrats out there, like he's one of the, the ones that makes the most sense, if that can be. And so consequently, I think a lot of Democrats who are looking at Joe Biden and they're looking at Kamala Harris and they're looking at how miserable a situation we're in right now, whether it be the border, whether it be what's going on internationally, whether it be our economy with inflation this bad, they're saying, okay, do we have an alternative? Maybe that alternative's RFK or maybe that alternative is Joe Manchin. And so consequently, 
This is the piece. Centrist decision to not seek Senate re-election serves speculation of a presidential bid as groups like No Labels, which he's been affiliated with for years, seek alternatives to Biden and Trump. This is the headline in today's journal. So immediately everybody's going there. Could Joe Manchin run for president? And if he does, not good news for the Democrats. Not good news at all because, well, that would cost Joe a few votes. If, in fact, he even makes it. If he makes it to 24. I mean, I I, I say that sincerely. I I think he's got a lot of problems. Uh, You know, he's got his son, for example, on this question of where's where's the money? money. I'm joking. Mr. President, I try to find a bunch of malarkey. Mr. President, what do you say? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it's totally malarkey. I think that there's some real concerns about where the money is. And we're going to start to get to the bottom of that because we're learning, of course, as I reported earlier in the week, <coughs> that subpoenas have gone out for the Biden family, for James, for Hunter, and then, um, well, for a guy named Rob Walker, who was one of the business partners. So all of this is coming into play, and and it's going to be a big deal. I just want to take a quick look at the market. We're going to market that's slightly higher right now. The hope is that the Fed, at least investors hope, that the Fed is really not going to move between now and Election Day because they don't want to hike rates, even if inflation is bad, because, well, because that would actually kind of cause the economy to have some softness. And so the fear is that the inflation just kind of keeps going and going and going. If you've got some of that fear, you may want to call our sponsor. Uh, that would be Legacy Precious Metals, LegacyPMInvestments.com, one 866 You know Charles Thorngren. He's actually on this show quite a bit. I think he's going to be coming on next week again. And it'll be good to hear from him, good to hear from him, because he's got some great perspective on all this. But anyway, LegacyPMInvestments.com is their website. I want to remind you to subscribe to the show if you haven't. Like I said, great to see all of you guys. Don, welcome back to the program. Deborah, good to see you as well. It is indeed live. We are live, and I am looking at all your comments as we speak. If you don't get a chance to comment here in the actual chat, do me a favor, put the comment down below and we can continue the conversation there because there's a lot that we got into. I think it's very real that we're going to see another candidate there for president that is, well, formerly a Democrat. The the centrist Joe Manchin coming out, he's going to eat into Biden. That could help the Republicans if they let through Donald Trump and he really is able to pull this off. But again, great to have you all here. Hit the like, hit the share, And uh, make sure you subscribe. I'll see you tomorrow.